everybody. Welcome to the MoWo Show. We're live on the air right now. Thank you so much for joining us. Great summer theme show planned for today. Uh, a look ahead. Hey, if you're maybe taking some time off this summer, some things that you should think about, some things that you should keep top of mind before you do pack your bags if you're headed out or maybe taking a staycation, as well as some tips around documenting processes for while you're away from the office. And Feature versus Feature is back. We're going to go take a look at last week's results and put two more features head to head. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Momo Show. And here we are in summer mode. Alex Henry, Alex, how you doing? I'm feeling very summery right now, considering that I'm wearing a sweater, it's raining outside, and it's just a little chilly in my office. But you know what? It's the dog days of summer, so I guess we got to just deal with what we got here. Speaking of dog, <laughs> we got a guest. We today. got a guest. Is he having a rough summer? Uh, you know, his specialty is roofing. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm out of dog puns for the next like 20 minutes. Give me a That's few fine. more and I'll, uh, I'll keep him coming. It's all right. We'll throw you a bone later. It's, it's all good. Thank you. Belly rubs, anybody? No. Let's, uh, hey, let's get to it. So what have you been working on, Alex, this week? I've had a side project where I've been working more in, and I, I might have talked about this last episode, I can't remember, but I've been learning a bit more about um, using Power Query in Excel. And um, one of my bigger wins in this past week was learning how to connect um, one a Microsoft list from SharePoint into um, Power Query in Excel. So it can take all these lists and reports and merge them into uh, basically your own custom dashboards. So if you're not fortunate enough to have Power BI licenses and because, you know, they're expensive to set up and own and all that other stuff, you can literally just make your own dashboards in Excel using a little bit of Power Query and just using um, pivot tables, good old pivot tables. And the other part of that was I also learned how to take multiple Excel workbooks and have them smash all that data into a, once again, Power Query. So I found like two interesting methods on how to combine that data. So that was a nice big win because I haven't used Excel this extensively in years. Um, it's something I spent a lot of time doing back in the day. And I got, and I guess I held on to more than I thought I did to, in all honesty, because this was it was a fun little project to solve this problem of how do you take information from one location and turn them into well, usable dashboards. Uh, so that was a I don't know that's a kind of a fun one if you're into that kind of work analysis. Right on. It's, it still blows my mind sometimes just how mature Word and Excel are. Like the things that you can do, you don't do them every day. Mm -hmm. uh, unless maybe you're you're into that line of work, but it's still a Swiss Army knife for hmm, how am I going to present this? How am I going to break this down? How am I going to you know prepare and accumulate and collate data? Excel is still a go-to. The uh, maturity is is yeah. underrated because that used to be the suite. Mm -hmm. um, it used to be the big product of Microsoft Office back in the day. I remember. Um, I think it was the Excel Twitter feed or one of someone's Twitter feed. It might have been Excel. They're showing an old commercial of Excel. I think it was like 2.0 where it had these two guys <laughs> in an elevator, like on their way up to a big executive meeting. And he's like for maybe a finance thing. And they're literally working on it on this giant laptop 
briefcase laptop in the thing. He's like, oh yeah, check it out. I can sum all of my columns by dragging them down. Hey, check this out. I can copy and paste my column, my information from one field to another. Do you want a format? It's only five clicks. Yeah. Um, it was the most cheesy <laughs> thing ever. And things that we just don't even think of, we take advantage of today because we've had them for so long, but they had yeah. to have a start somewhere. So yeah, take for granted. And and the things now uh, that you can do with Excel, you know, even on your smartphone that you like, like you mentioned 20 years ago, took a portable computer the size of a briefcase or a, a, a suitcase, even, you know, some of those early, early mobile computers. So. Awesome. The big joke is that they probably closed the laptop before going into the meeting, didn't save and lost all their data. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or the, or the floppy got corrupted or something like that. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. It's awesome. Oh, floppies. What have you been up to? Um, actually I've been, I've been, um, into two pet projects of the last week. Um, not really related, not, no, no real big connection between them other than they share the word power in the name. So I've been working with Power Automate Desktop. Uh, and, you know, I've talked about that on the show in, in weeks past. It's very different from Power Automate on the web and sort of those cloud flows and automated flows. Again, we've been talking about that for the last couple of years, it feels like. Power Automate Desktop lets you automate desktop actions in Windows. So if you're filling out a form on the web over and over and over again, an insurance claim over and over and over again. Um, so I've been um, sort of peeling into that with with Power Automate Desktop. Um, in the scenario, Excel, honestly, Excel is is a player as well, taking data that sits in rows and columns in Excel and putting it into the right uh, text fields on a web form. Again, something that you may have to pay someone to copy paste, copy paste, copy paste back and forth. Uh, we can automate that with Power Automate Desktop. So I'm just getting my feet wet in in that. Quite a bit different from Power Automate on the web. So a little bit of a learning curve. Tell me something about Power Power Automate Desktop. In terms mm. of processing power, can it? How well does it like? I, I just imagine this like engine running in the background that's just sucking up resources on your computer while you're trying to do work. Sure, it's doing a job for you in the background, mm. but how's that balance? How does it kind of? manage um, all I, that i didn't notice i mean again um, a flow to copy paste open excel load some things into memory and then paste them through i didn't notice a, a, you know a significant performance hit um you can even build your flows to happen behind the scenes where the windows don't even open it's just kind of transfer invisible to you running in okay. the background is that more CPU intensive or graphics card intensive? I'm just kind of wondering how all that works. Probably CPU and memory because it's got to load. I mean, if you're loading data in from Excel, of course, it's just text. So mm -hmm. it's very, very minimal. Um, there is, though, an alternative to Power Automate Desktop, uh, which Microsoft does advocate is you can spin up a virtual copy of Windows and run what they call like an unattended piece of automation. So the Windows VM is scheduled to start up, run a Power Automate desktop job, and then shut down again. So if it is too performance intensive, you can always move the job to the cloud instead of, you know, the device sitting in front of you. Oh, that's kind of handy. And then it's not using your actual laptop resources to do the job either. It's using right. Microsoft's, one of Microsoft's many data servers to yep. do that kind of work. Smart. Yep. 
and then you get the result. Maybe the result is a file or a report or some data gets you know transformed in some way. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's unattended is, is what they like to call it. It's an interesting choice of names, but I guess, hey, you know, it describes what it is uh, mm-hmm. to some degree. Uh, cool. So let's hop into our agenda today. We're talking about summer. We're talking about vacations. And because, you know, it's the end of July and uh, we're kind of getting ready to do some vacation things, you know, maybe slip away for a few weeks, a few months. So we thought we'd prepare a couple of tips for you in terms of, or for you, the audience, on kind of things to think about before you head out. And I'm sure you've got a million things on the mind. I know I do. Things that need (laughs) to get done, projects on the go, where are they at, where are they going to be when you get back, and how much can you cram into the next couple of days or weeks before you take off and shut off and talk about that last point a little bit so let me get my screen shared and let's talk about just a couple of tips that we want to do before you leave here uh ryan do you have any of your own favorite tips that you do um you know it's the the one on the top of my list is is kind of near and dear to my heart and and for context folks Alex and I are both preparing for some time away from the office. So how timely, how timely. Uh, and so this exact list is the things that we're going, you know, sort of off and, and doing. Um, I've got a secret, secret gem for you though, Alex, once we get to that uh, out of office sort of segment. But I mean, first good old tip is just get stuff off your mind. Um, get it out of your mind into a list, get it onto paper, to do however you want to get it out but getting it out of here is is such a critical thing mm-hmm. um i think in in my experience family kids taking some time off for summer usually means packing and prepping and you know fueling the the family vehicle and the sorts of all sorts of home things that are on the mind as well it's so easy to forget a step or forget something or forget to pack something kind of can happen to you at work as well. So if you get it out of your mind, at least it's in a trusted system, whether that's sticky notes, whether that's you know an, an app or, or something digitally. But if you've got it on a list, then you can focus on getting those things done in an appropriate order. No kidding. Um, I, you know, you and I live off our task lists and Mm -hmm. I've started taking the uh, trend of writing things down on sticky notes on my desk too. For shame. It's not very (laughs) modern of me. But you know what? All that matters is that you've written it down because it makes a big difference in capturing it up here. So Mm -hmm. get it on the list and don't put pressure on yourself to get everything done. Know what your priorities are and know how much time you have to get those things done. Some things will just have to wait till you get back and that's okay. Um, Because you know what? The business will continue on without you. And I think that's an important message for a lot of business owners too. The people that have the hardest time, in my experience, turning off. And I've been there before. It's really hard to walk away from your business and let it just operate on its own. And if that is where you're at, where you don't feel like you can take time off without having to log into calls or check your emails or things like that, um, try and set yourself up for success as best as you can to give yourself that space to shut down. This is about respecting your time on vacation because that's what it's about. Um, our next step, notifying just your 
people, your people that you're going to be away. Yes, you said you're out of office. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but just making sure that the people you're in regular contact with know that you're just going to be away for a few weeks and you probably won't be replying yeah. to emails. So anything that's an emergency, the big ticket items, you'll want to just let them know so they know who to go to or just kind of leave you alone for a little while. Because you don't want someone coming up to you um, halfway through your vacation saying, we need to meet tomorrow. Yeah. And expecting that response from me because that's kind of what you usually do in those cases. So just kind of let them know and then set that expectation early on. Yeah, no, good call. And it's, um, it's just that setting expectations is uh, if there is a project that has the potential to go sideways or get ugly or or there's some risk. Again, those are the ones that you'll want to get to those clients, partners, vendors, whomever, get to that group and say, oh, by the way, I'm I'm going to be away. Yeah. I mean, like, I've never been personally offended when I need to reach up to um, someone I work with, a vendor, a partner, and turns out they're on vacation. It mm-hmm. can be annoying or disruptive to what I'm doing, but I'll never fault someone for having taken time off as right. long as, well... they didn't have anything to give me before then. So if you Mm -hmm. do have deliverables that you might not make because they're just too low on the totem pole in your task list, then let them know that things will have to be pushed out. So just that communication is so central to, again, keeping people on the same page. Next, of course, the out of office. So if you forget to let someone know that you're going to be away, this is your backup plan. And in Office 365, Ryan, you know this, I know this, you can set different messages for your internal and external clients. And that's mm-hmm. a nice feature to have. I've literally never used it. I send one message <laughs> for everyone because I keep my out of office so basic these days. Um, and every organization is a little different, right? Some will have some very specific guidelines about what you put in your out of office. Or some, in, in, in some cases, some of them will write part of it for you. So there's some automation, some prepared messaging in there. Um but ultimately, I basically just say, hey, I'm going to be away from these dates. This is who you contact if you need something. Otherwise, I'll see you when I get back. Yep. It says it sets everything that someone needs to know. You're not available right now. You'll tell them when you're going to be available and who to contact if something can't wait till then. That's right. all they want to know. What else could, What else would you need? And I, I, I mean, I do my best to not, you know, overshare it doesn't need to be a long read because chances are when someone gets you're out of office you know the they're gonna read the first few words of it i'm out of the office from you know they'll see that in the preview or they'll see that pop up on their phone and they'll be like oh yeah alex is away oh yeah brian is away um and then if they do need something in that urgent uh, means then they can open that message and read on but uh be concise in the first few <laughs> words or lines of your your uh, out of office message. Yeah, I basically yeah. I, I would say be concise is like er, should be like every email ever. Be concise. <laughs> yes, be concise. Um, do you ever watch the show Letter Kenny? Um, not it's it's a Canadian program, but uh, the main character on the show has a line that um, how did it go? If it can be anything in this world, be efficient or concise, something like that. So I kind of I'm like. I'm going to get that tattooed on me at some point and just put it <laughs> on my elbow. So when I'm writing, I just keep that in mind as I'm like, because when I write emails, it starts off this big and then I have to hack it down to this yeah. like, concise message. 
There, there's uh, a line from the there's a line from the modern uh, Ocean's Eleven. It's one of my favorite movies. A little bit of Ryan trivia there. We'll play bingo later. So are we um, calling the '90s version modern, or because I know there's <laughs> one before that, but I, in this world of reboots, I don't know if there's been an Ocean's Eleven since, and the, there might have very well been the newerish one. How about that? The newerish one that doesn't help at all. But continue. <laughs> uh, there's a line in there where they're you know they're prepping for you know doing some con con man stuff, and uh, he says, "Don't don't say ten words when five will do." And I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He was like, you know, don't say twelve words when two will do. Uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's a line, honestly, same thing when I'm writing, you know, business communications, marketing communications, like, Hmm, don't use 20 words when six will do, you know, don't use 12 words when three will do. So same thing. And for these reasons, this is why I'll never be in academia because that is very much the opposite. And in some areas, the arts also love big, long, um, fluffy words. Yeah. I don't know. Not my style. Less is uh, more. <laughs> less is more next update your voicemail this one's optional but i wanted mm -hmm. to throw it in there because some people just need this reminder um growing up uh my mom had to set her out of off her voicemail every day to include the new date where she yep. was and how to get a hold of her so she's going to be late she would do it from home and leave a quick voicemail message and i'm like oh that's really cool and then as i grew older i'm like this is really dumb we're, we're, this is email we have email and you know going from the 90s into the like the 2000s i'm like you still have to do that eh she's like yeah i know i hate it <laughs> but you know what and this practice might still exist today and ryan i think you had shown me a way of doing this in teams right you can set kind of a temporary out of office or voicemail message yeah and update it uh, well, even even if you don't use Teams phones, even if you don't have your phone system going through Microsoft Teams, if you just use calling between colleagues or, or other users on Teams, so think of Teams to Teams calling, you can still set up a voicemail if someone rings you while you're away. So again, they're going to have to avoid your out of office message. They're not going to see your status on Teams. Let's just say someone accidentally calls you or forgets all of that and they call you. Uh, you can have two different voicemail greetings in Teams. One's your standard everyday one. You can use your voice to record it, or you can uh, use text-to-speech to, to have it transcribed for you. But you can have an alternate greeting, and Teams actually lets you select when you want to use that. Let's call it alternate greeting. Uh, you can change it on the fly if you want to, uh, or you can just have something generic. I'm, I'm out of the office. Nice. Uh, but but Teams does let you trigger because it knows your calendar. If you have an out of office categorized event in your Outlook calendar, it'll play the alternate greeting. You can turn that on and off. Uh, or if you are set to um, all day and away in your Outlook calendar, it will uh, it will also leverage your alternate greeting. So some, some choice. Nice. Um... I've never tried that. And I appreciate the fact that you can actually uh, just write in your message and have that voice to text because yep. I don't know about you, but I am very much the person who has to re-record their <laughs> voicemail at least 10 bloody times before I just accept, give up and accept whatever version I land on. <laughs> That's it so is, funny. I don't That's know so why funny. I'm like that, but it is the way it is. When, when I, as in, in the past few months, have been doing a lot of Teams phone training with our clients, they've been moving their phone systems to Teams phone, and I show off that feature. I show the voicemail 
text to speech. And, and, you know, sometimes there's people on camera when I'm, when I'm doing the training in a team's meeting and I always, I always make the line, totally true story. I used to work with people that would come in at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. before everyone else when the office was completely quiet and dead to record their voicemail greeting with, with their voice because they were so shy of doing it in front of other people and or they were also you know, perfectionists and they wanted to get it perfect. Nothing in the background, no distractions, no noise or anything like that. So, and you usually get people like, yeah, yeah, that's me, that's me. <laughs> so there's, there's one in every crowd. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's so funny um, that you can, you can relate. Yeah, definitely can't relate to getting up at 5 a.m. to record a voicemail <laughs> message, but to each their own. Um, That'd be funny. And like, if I was that person, I'd basically let every call go to voicemail so they could hear my hard work every day. Never every day. answer a call again. So proud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. One more tip. Mm -hmm. Leaving instructions for the people co covering for you. This is an important one and is kind of, it's, it can seem baffling at times because there's so much to do. There's so much to document. And if you're in the position where you have, you know, very unique roles and tasks you do on a regular basis that need to be covered, documenting it might be a bit much or might feel like a bit much, but if it needs to be done while you're away, this is a good, this is going to be a big time saver for you. Mm -hmm. And I hope you've started this before you have to go on vacation because it's harder to do in the days leading up. But if you have something to start with, like in the back pocket to share with people, it's like, Hey, this is how I do this. This is how I do this task. And just share it on team, share it in a channel, make sure that they have access, let them give people time to do it themselves. It makes such a big difference. We'll talk about this a little bit later, but um, just as this last task, make sure the people covering you have the information they need to do the job. And we've got some tips on how to do that coming up in a few minutes. Uh, Ryan, any thoughts on um, any thoughts on that before we move on? Yeah, I mean, um, depending on how much you've worked with certain colleagues or how long you worked with them, again, they may know your decision-making process or they may know how you'll handle something urgent. What we what we want to avoid here is the game of hot potato, where you're away and someone is covering from you something unexpected drops into their lap. Well, whoa, whoa, what do I do now? What do I do now? You, you don't want to put someone, you know, on, on the firing line, so to speak. So again, just leave instructions. If it's about a decision-making, you know, give some thresholds, give some conditions, give some guidance for, for making decisions, um, I would say, while you're away. All right. Uh, we've got a quick video for everyone just to check out um, on how to set the out of office. Uh, so Ryan, why don't you hit that up and we'll see you on the other side. Beauty. All right. So let's keep moving on to uh, what we just brought up is, is documenting those processes while you're away. Mm -hmm. What you got for us. So let's talk about documentation. Again, I'm gonna share my screen. And so this is really about just some tips on how to approach capturing it. Just a few simple ones. And then again, we'll follow up with another quick video. Uh, but the, main, the first one is pretty obvious. Write it down, but in a shared document. So we're talking about getting it in SharePoint, getting it in uh, a Teams channel where your colleagues, the people covering for you can actually 
find this information so they can read it ahead of time. Um, and it's ultimately, this is really just cap making sure that people are on the same page. And um, you, this, will, this will also just be another piece of, um, uh, I was gonna say food for thought, that's the wrong phrase. Um, um, just like, well, load off the mind, basically. So, you know, I was thinking about this earlier today, Ryan, like it's, we, we work, we do hybrid work. Sometimes I, we're both working from home today. Sometimes we're in the office. We have all this stuff on our phone now. It's never been easier to stay connected to work, but it's also never been harder to disconnect. So it's a double-edged sword. And Hopefully you're not in an organization where, you know, you and I are lucky, but some organizations really still push that hustle culture nonsense that might encourage you to stay connected and be productive in your downtime, get things done, work on other projects and other things. And you know what? Do what you want to do with your own time. But remember, vacation is for relaxing. It's important for your mind and body to recharge and get a break from that because, the last thing you want to do is come back from vacation and need another one basically immediately. <laughs> and that is too common of a mm -hmm. problem that people have had for many years. So, you know yeah. what? Give yourself time to chill out and start by documenting your processes so you don't have to worry about the work that's being done while you're away. Trust your people right. to follow the instructions. Right. And I mean, not everything can be delegated, but I'm sure if you've, you, you know, you work on a team, you've got some colleagues they're going to have your back. And, and, you know, if you can, if you can give them a leg up by giving them some process, giving them some steps to follow again, some, some bounds to, to operate within. And you know what, when, when it's their turn to step away and, and take some time off, you, you return the favor. I think it's a really, really cool way to collaborate. Hey, can you look after this for me? Yes, I can. How do I do that? Here's the process. Oh, and yeah, thanks for filling in me with uh, for me while I was away. Is there anything I can take care of? Well, you you take some time off. So I think and that's I think, sort of a nice thing. Yeah, it's you know give and take on that one, mm -hmm. and then you have other people that understand the work. So this ends up being shared knowledge across, and there's a lot of opportunities from there. When the document, when the process is documented, when it's mm -hmm. written down, you have the ability to grow and evolve it because someone that's not you might just find a slightly better way of doing it or tweak it a little bit so mm -hmm. it gets the job done a little faster. That's a benefit for everyone. So if you haven't had the breath to think of a new process or maybe you just don't have the training, you know what? That shared knowledge can go a long way. Mm -hmm. So, and it also, in my opinion, right, I don't know if you find, find this as well, but just documenting the process, writing it down really helps me understand how something works, the order of operations I do it in, yep. the thing, the little things that need to be remembered that we just keep up here, but have never really been explained before because we've picked them up over time of doing the work so long. Um, writing it down, documenting it for someone else really makes us look at the process, think about the process closer. And then we start, we might actually just change it ourselves, honestly, who knows? Yeah. Um, yep. I've worked in jobs where, you know, I felt really comfortable in the job. I, I I did it for years, same processes. I have written them and evolved them. But when I had to document it for a colleague covering for me, there it be, all these little things started creeping up. I'm like, oh, you have to do this. You have to do that. You have to think of this, check this. And I'm like, where does this all fit into this puzzle? And like, there's no flow. If you were to actually like 
map it out on a flow chart there are the lines are just everywhere it was a it, it was so messy and really hard to really understand so it kind of sets you into that other exercise of okay well if i don't fully understand this process if there's a lot of questions or my favorite especially if you're in the if you're process mapping the dreaded it depends <laughs> you find yourself in those mm. Take a step back and Mystery. start making, you know, <laughs> capture like figuring it out because there should be no. It depends. It's a yes, no. Keep it binary. Yeah. Side tangent there. No, no, no. A good, absolutely good point. But it raises the thought in my mind is is just how inspiring a vacation or taking time away can be. Because again, not only can you sort of pre-document or or work on that again, you may find some gaps there when you come back from your time away or your vacation. Um, don't just file, don't just madly file those emails that you missed. Like really think about what happened when I was away and where did the breakdowns occur? Because right there is your opportunity to fix it up for the next time. Um, Again, if you didn't get a chance to document, you didn't have the time, you don't have the resources or the tools, no problem. But again, just be very aware of what broke down while you were away. Fix it up for next time so it doesn't happen again. Yeah, and this is a year long. This is this should be a continuous process, yeah. continuous improvement. So that yeah. way, when you go on vacation at the end of the year, Christmas holidays, whatever, you have that document ready to go. It's been tweaked, it's been improved, mm-hmm. and you can just pick it up where you left off. So definitely worth a shot. Right, it's on. worth the time. Uh, next tip, slightly a little less intimidating than writing it down and process mapping and all that jazz. Just record it. Just yeah. bloody record it. Um, and that's never been easier than it has been today. Honestly, Ryan, how would you go about this? I go to Teams, my favorite yep. application in the whole wide world. Uh, yeah. I go to uh, I go to the calendar. I click on Meet Now. I have a meeting with no one but myself, and I record it. And yep. then the recording drops into my OneDrive. Um, I already would have my my microphone or my camera, you know, be able to turn those things on, do a screen share through the Teams app, just as if I was in a Teams meeting, but it's just me. It is so effective. Like like you have the recording, you've Mm -hmm. walked through the entire thing. People can see where you're clicking. Um, You can add that little bit of information. And I think the really cool part is that the transcriptions are just built in now. So you hit the record button and the transcription will just, come in place in a few minutes after the recording is stopped and if it hasn't you can just go to the file in your OneDrive and enable it manually mm-hmm. so not only do you have the video but people can actually go into the video in OneDrive or SharePoint follow along the text transcription yeah, they can read through comments it. they can you can add chapters it's gotten mm-hmm. really powerful since they've moved these meetings into OneDrive and SharePoint they, they've really Microsoft has done a really good job and making those accessible it's It's so much closer to youtube in terms of functionality and i think it's starting to actually surpass Mm. what stream had going for because it had all these tools before but stream was well is (laughs) a little clunky a little long in the tooth these days so it's um really powerful feature and this means that you are like after you've recorded it You've satisfied tip number one. You've got it documented. Right. It's not a clean document, but it's written down and mm-hmm. someone can follow along with that. And that's that should be hopefully enough for a lot of you. 
Yeah. If it's easier to show than it is to tell, I would say, hey, yeah, throw on that video, grab a recording. The nice thing is you can provide your commentary. You can kind of give the the editor's uh, yeah. editor's cut and, and give that commentary. Uh, if you're showing something on screen in an app or a workflow, it's probably a much faster to do with video than it would be screenshot, paste it in a document, screenshot, paste it in a document mm-hmm. and, and give a caption. So yeah, give it a try. It's really, really yeah. cool. If you, have, if you don't have it written down, if you don't have time to do it properly, record it. Save don't yourself a lot. Don't forget to share it. Don't forget to share it. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Just record it directly to a team channel and the job's done. Honestly. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and there is one more tip that I totally didn't write down, but um, it is review it with your team. Yeah. Review it with your team before you leave, if you can. Give yourself, give them some time to read it, watch it, and ask you questions. If they don't understand something, it gives you a perfect opportunity to add some clarification or some additional mm-hmm. information before you do leave. So that way they feel more comfortable covering for you. Yeah. Um, and you may even want to record that meeting. So again, you have those questions documented and saved somewhere. Yeah. Or if you posted it into a team's channel, they can just ask you questions in that thread and you can just answer mm-hmm. them. And then that information's again, it's captured, it's documented. You can just build off your recording in that thread for anyone that needs it. Right so a lot of opportunities, a lot of ways to capture this information and set your team up for success and you for a nice relaxing vacation. Uh, put the feet up. Uh, yes, everyone's doing my job except me. <laughs> All right, we got one more video, and then I think we're going to jump into feature versus feature. All right, let's do it. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning into this audio-only version of the Mobo Show. If you want to see the full episode, including demo segments such as Watch and Learn or Feature versus Feature, make sure you check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Team We'll have links for you in the episode description. Take care.